If you will, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. There's a word from the Lord that he wants to speak to us. And we ain't going to be very long on today. Man, the Spirit of God is in this place. His love is filling us up even right now. Our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, awesome and mighty Savior, wonderful and awesome Lord. See, because he not only is he our Savior, but he's also our Lord. And many of us for so long have only known him as Savior. We've called him Lord. But do we really understand what Lord? See, the Bible says that, you know, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. Believe in our hearts, you know, that, that's a belief unto righteousness. And it says a confession with our mouth. And what is that confession? Confessing that he is Lord. Somebody say, he is Lord. He is Lord. Amen. He is Lord. And that yields salvation. That brings us to the place where God then saves us. See, the words that we say in the, in the heart change that we make, it brings us, and we set that before God, and then God is the one that turns that into salvation, my friends. And he says that one needs to confess with his mouth, believe in his heart, and confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Then, and only then, is the salvation experience or the salvation activated let me say it like that it ain't activated by us it's activated by God God then he washes us in the blood of the lamb come on somebody and this is all good news my friend because the the word of God wants to encourage us that if we really understand the the desire the the, the fervent desire that Jesus had to be in a fellowship, in a relationship with us, man, it's life-changing. So the title of the message today would be Fervent, His Fervent Desire. Set uh, Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 14. Luke 22, verse 14. And this is a passage of scripture that every one of us is familiar with, whether you're familiar with it from uh, Luke's uh, rendition, Matthew's rendition, or even John, as well as the book of Mark. Because it speaks of a time that right before Jesus went to die on that cross, it speaks of that time that Jesus spent with uh, his apostles. For us, to make this connection is also or better known or aka to us as the last supper or the Lord's supper come on somebody 
See, and when he spent that time with them, yo, one of the things that, uh, the reason why I want to look at Luke's uh, rendition of it, because Luke says something, or he describes it, you know, Luke was a physician. Uh, and so he was, uh, his writings or in, uh, or in his uh, detail of the gospel was one from a physician standpoint, yo, which sometimes could be detailed, if I could say it like that. Look what it says in verse 14. It says, when the hour had come, he sat down as Jesus and the 12 apostles with him. In verse 15, it says that then he said to them, with fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. You know, we didn't hurt this, yo, umpteen times. But what God wants us to pay attention to is the heart of Jesus, even in a moment like this. Even in a time such as this. See, Jesus was uh, facing a time here when he said, uh, shared his last supper with them that uh, uh, he knew one thing that it says at the end of verse 15 that he was about to do what? He was about to suffer. He was about to suffer. So you can hear again, if you just allow now that the presence of God is with us and we are basking in his presence, then guess what? We can get a real revelation here, my friend. In, in, in the revelation God is saying to us is to, to see his, the, the heart set of Christ. And even in his emotional state. Which one of us knowing that we are about to uh, face something horrific? I won't even say death because that would be unheard of. But even if we're about to face anything that's a, a terrible situation, you know, take your, allow yourself, if you've ever had to face a, a, a bad situation, you know, whether that was getting in trouble with mommy and daddy, whether that was about to go to the, the face of court that you may be going to the, the prison. So, let's know some of us, we get so, we'll get discombobulated when we got to go to court and pay a speeding ticket. You see, but whatever that is for each and every one of us, a place of a time that you feel this could be suffering, I just want you to think for a moment just for yourself, what kind of emotional state are you in? in that moment. See, because when we begin to relate to our own emotional state, then what you'll find out is that you ain't in no fervent uh, situation. Or you don't have no fervent desire for nothing. Especially to be bothered with somebody. But yet Jesus, in this hour, in this moment, look at verse 15, it says, with fervent desire, he tells them with fervent, do you know what fervent means? Think of it like this. The book of James says that when we pray for one another, when, you know, if you're sick, if there's one of you who's sick, that you don't see when you're sick and you have to call for the elders of the church. You see, there was a reason why when you see this is a sick unto death or something. This is when, when you have to call for the elders of the church. It ain't good, my friend. This is a bad situation. But he says, when if anyone's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them do what? Pray. A fervent, effective uh, prayer availeth much is what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. And so there is a sense of, of fervent, passionately. This ain't anybody and, and everybody ain't fervent, my friend. This, anybody and everybody can't pray like this. That's right. That's right. 
So there has to be some passion uh, in, 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 in this. There, this, there's a, this is a whole other level. And Jesus says with fervent desire, he had a fervent, he had a passionate desire. A desire that was burning on the inside yes. of him. He says to do what? That he should eat this Passover meal with them. And there's a reason why, because see, Jesus understood and he knew what this Passover meal was all about, my friends. He knew that this was two things. One, he knew that he wasn't going to be uh, experiencing this another time with him until he comes again, until we are in eternity with him. But the other thing that he knew is he knew what this was all about. He knew what it represented. He knew that this was the, the, the most important thing under the sun, my friends. That it represented a, uh, that Passover, meaning that God has passed over. Come on, somebody. Because of the blood of the Lamb, he knew that he was about to spend his blood that would create a Passover. That the, uh, that the death angel would pass over you and me, my friends. Glory be to God that it will give us an opportunity for redemption. See, and this is what this is all about, my friend. This is why we're here, because we are the redeemed of the Lord. Somebody say, I am the redeemed. Glory be to God. And see, this, everything about the redeemed of the Lord, it ain't because we earned it. It ain't because we deserve to see now we, we really get where the rubber meets the road. The redeeming of the Lord is that which the blood of the Lamb allowed a, a Passover. Come on somebody. A Passover. And see while Jesus understood this fervently and he had a fervent desire to, to do this with them. My question today or our question today is, is do we have a fervent understanding my friend? As he had a fervent desire, do we have a fervent understanding? Do we have a fervent openness, a fervent reception for that which is desired? Do we understand that the blood of Christ Jesus, that which is accomplished, we can no longer just uh, know it intellectually and take it for granted in, all, in how we live. This is where God is calling us to. And I'm just being perfectly real with you. It's been far too long that the church has done this. Amen. That we've just used well, what we know and what Jesus did. And, and, and not, but we didn't have a fervent desire to, to respond to what he did. Yeah. Outside of what was in our best interest. And yes, we wanted eternity. Yeah. We wanted to be saved. But this is the reason why he had been saying before about this ain't just Jesus is not just the Savior but he's Lord and that's what God wants us to understand that in his fervent desire to have this Passover meal and this is only just an example because uh, uh, and we're only using it for an example from the state of mind that Jesus was in you know, and what it represents. See, because this representation of what he fervently desired. In other words, basically what he, he, his fervent desire to share this Passover meal with him was his passion to go to the cross, my friend. For you and for me. 
He had a passion, and that passion was, was for you and me, but it was be, to please the Father. And then now, if we really get any glimpse of understanding, how can we uh, just take that lightly in how we live? Knowing that not only is he Savior, but God says he is Lord. Somebody say, he's Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. We always want to say he's Savior, but do you know that he is Lord? And he is Lord, what does that mean? I'm glad to ask, because he is Lord, what that means is that, see, a Lord, and especially in these days, see, we don't, man, time, it, it really does us bad. Time does, has done the human race bad. Because over time, everything has just been watered down. See, to call somebody Lord back in these times, then it came with an understanding. You know, uh, one of the things that, you know, some of us can relate to is the fact that, you know, back in, in the day, and this ain't back in Jesus' day, but just back in my mama's day, in my grandfather's day, that, you know, if, uh, if a man said, gave his word and, and, and shook a man's hand and they made uh, a commitment to one another, it didn't take no uh, 150-page dissertation from the lawyer that cost you $1,000 to get written up to be in a contract. They, they brought a bond uh, that required it, uh, or built an honor within yourself that made, that made you obligated to what you said. See, it was just a simple commitment in a handshake uh, with one another. You see how time has, has taken that away and it has watered everything down to now we, we have to pay somebody to make a commitment. For me and you to have a contract, we got to go and get somebody else to, uh, you know, and, 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 and pay them uh, a grip of money to, to draw up a contract. Right. Time has done us wrong. Yes. And I only say that time has done us wrong because in time, how all of this has been watered down, you know, the, uh, of what a master is and Lord. See, we don't even use Lord now. When was the last time you used Lord? I'm talking about outside uh, of, uh, see, because it wasn't just uh, in the Israelite church that the word Lord was used. It was a common word known to man. Yeah. And then Lord was your master. Yeah. Yeah. Lord was one that, that was over you. Lord was one that you were subject to. Lord was one that you honored. Yeah. See, we, we, time has done it so wrong that ain't no way in the world even consider calling somebody Lord, let alone or, or, or master for sure. See, see, time has, has done us wrong. But the real reality is that even if we go back to the biblical times, that master, there was, uh, they, they was ma they, your master was one that you worked for, one that you was obligated to. We call them boss now. And, 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 we, and matter of fact, over the last 20 years, we got away from that. I don't hear too many people talking about my boss in there because see, we, because we, the, with time, we get more and more escalated in our own self. That you, uh, you know, who, who you think you is, my boss? You ain't my boss. We don't want no boss. We don't want nobody head of us. You don't want, we don't, we, so in other words, we don't want to be sucked to nobody or nothing. That's what the real bottom line is. 
And it's played a big part in every part of our life, even as it pertains to our Christianity, because we are natural part of our lives that is spilled over to even how we live spiritually. So we don't look at Jesus as Lord. We may say the words every now and then, but I'm talking about, I ain't talking about the words that we say. God is talking about how we live. What's the manifestation? Is he Lord? If, if he asks you the question, you say, yes, he's Lord. But if God says, let me look at the, let me look at the last two years to see if he's Lord. Let me see the manifestation. Or, or in other words, you know, let me see the transcript. Would your transcript say that he's Lord? Somebody. The question is, is what your transcript say that he's Lord? This is serious. That's right. That's right. It is serious. This is a serious thing. Because we all go stand before the judgment seat of Christ and ain't nothing more important than what God is saying right now. See, because if we if he asks us the question, am I Lord of your life? We all gladly say, yes, you are Lord. That's but what our transcript uh, up for the last two years, last five years, would our transcript support what we say? That would be just like me asking you, oh, what did you get on your report card? See, now when you go to college, you know, it's, I'm finding out some funny things about this stuff. You know, when you, you know, in high school, when you, your report card comes to me, it comes to my address. Well, well, you know, well, I can open it up. But see, when you get in college, then you got to ask some questions because they, you know, we ain't got no transcript that come to us. Matter of fact, I, can't, I ain't even got no right to look at it unless I get permission. You see, it's kind of funny. Because so when I, when I, if I ask you what is your transcript say, are you going to tell me that they, you'll be glad to say that they say all A's, but when, if I say let me see your transcript, would they say what you said? Uh-oh, that's it right there. Make it plain, that's plain. Uh-oh, that's plain. Would I transcript, to, would, would they say what the words, would they match the words that we said? Come on, somebody. Oh, I got all A's and B's, don't worry about it. Let me see your transcript, dude. Okay. Would the transcripts match yes, what we say, my friend? And God just wants to speak to our hearts while we're in this beautiful place with them. This ain't to beat us up, but this is to give us some enlightenment. That while our hearts can, can begin to, this is, that we can, he can draw us into this place of courtship. See, he just wanted to draw us in. He said, come on in. Come on, have a seat in the living room. I remember that. Come on in. Have a seat. You know. Get comfortable right there. And God is just saying, hey, you, I need you to be comfortable. Because see, in my presence, then you don't, then there's a comfortability that we begin to get. See, while we know that we can't hide none from the Lord, the, the reality is, is if you ain't in the presence of the Lord and spent this time in there, but even though you know that you can't, guess what? We still find ourselves trying. Even though we know that we can't. See, Adam, in the beginning, when God created him, Adam knew God. Adam, did you think that Adam didn't know that God was all-knowing? That God was everywhere? But yet when he 
sinned, guess what he tried to do? He tried to hide himself, but did he not know that God is still the same God? Yes, he knew. But even when we know these things, we'll still find ourselves trying to hide ourselves. I remember one of my kids, I won't say which one it is. You know, very young. In diapers still. Some of y'all might understand that. And, but it's like, you know, you, you're going through that period of potty training and all of this different stuff. And man, he made a boo-boo on himself. But, and, and, and you find him hiding in the corner. Turn towards the corner. Come here, son. Oh, I forgot. I, I told and he's hiding in the corner. And you, and you automatically know what it is. Because he's hiding himself. Or because one is hiding himself. And it's just, you know, that's a natural example. But God already knows what it is, my friend. He already knows what it is. And he wants to create this place and this relationship with us that we can, that we can know what it is. That we don't have to hide ourselves, but when we fall down, that God is saying that, hey, my, uh, you can get back up, my friend. This is the good news, Big Mike, that you can get back up. Somebody say, get back up again. Get back up again. There was a song that I love, that my wife plays all the time, that we can get back up again. And it ain't because of us. See, if, if we, if that's what, our, what where our mind is playing tricks on us. It makes us hard to get back up because we think it's dependent on us. No, it's because of the Passover. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb. It's what he did that allows us to get back up again. Get back up again, my friend. And when we get back up and get right back into the presence of the Almighty God, where our peace is, where our comfort is, glory be to God. Where our strength is. Then we can get back on track and we can keep it moving. Somebody said keep it moving. In other words, we can do what? We can move forward. Hallelujah. Glory be to God that we can move forward as we sung this And we can move forward because we know that our God reigns. Hallelujah. My God. Yes. Our God reigns. My Lord, he is an awesome God. He really is an awesome God. And he just, you know, he loves us so much that he just really wants to touch our hearts. This is all it's about. This is just a word of encouragement, my friend, that God is saying that there is a place for you to come and, and, and be in my presence, to come and court me. Come and spend some time with me. Uh, not here again, this ain't just physical, but this is a spiritual place as well. And that's the part. And see, and that is what happens all day. See, the good news is that we only can be in a, a physical place a certain amount of time in a day. You know, because we got to work at all of this stuff. But the spiritual place we, is the state of mind, my friend. And this one that we can abide in all day long. Glory be to God. It just takes us uh, doing what the, what the word of God says. That we keep our minds stayed upon him. Because there's a lot of distractions that want to keep our minds off of him. 
But let us do what the word of God says. Then keep our mind stayed on him. This is the place. Where, and, and, and if our, as our mind is stayed up on him, man, he's going he's gonna to be rapping to us all day long. Hallelujah. He's giving us all that good stuff. All day long. And, and, and you, know, you know when, when, you, when you get rapped to it, makes, it puts a smile on your face. It brings a certain joy to you. You know what I mean? So as he's rapping to us, boy, we exuberant. This big old smile. The joy of the Lord is coming forth. Ain't that good news? Let's give God some praise in this place. He is awesome. He is mighty. Hallelujah. And we thank him for his love. See, I told you we wasn't going to be long. And see, that's a new one on the mic. They blessed because you're here today. We ain't here too long. Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are awesome. 